The reading this morning is to be found on page 1222 in the Church Bibles, 2 Peter 1, verses 3 to 13. His divine power has given us everything we need for a godly life through our knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and goodness. Through these, he has given us his very great and precious promises, so that through them you may participate in the divine nature, having escaped the corruption in the world caused by evil desires. For this very reason, make every effort to add to your faith goodness, and to goodness, knowledge, and to knowledge, self-control, and to self-control, perseverance, and to perseverance, godliness, and to godliness, mutual affection, and to mutual affection, love. For if you possess these qualities in increasing measure, they will keep you from being ineffective and unproductive in your knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. But whoever does not have them is short-sighted and blind, forgetting that they have been cleansed from their past sins. Therefore, my brothers and sisters, make every effort to confirm your calling and election. For if you do these things, you will never stumble, and you'll receive a rich welcome into the eternal kingdom, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. So I will always remind you of these things, even though you know them and are firmly established in the truth you now have. Great, thanks Alan and good morning everyone. With all that's happened in the last few days, last Sunday feels a long time ago. But it was only last Sunday, last week, that we began our autumn series, Holy Mass, in which we will be taking a close look at the first 12 verses of 2 Peter 1, in which Peter encourages those who have a faith to add to their faith a number of things in order to live effective and fruitful lives. Last week, Ellen introduced the series from verses 1 to 4, which make it plain that we have everything we need for a godly life. She said, through faith, by God's power, and because of God's promises. So that's the foundation on which we will be building over the coming weeks. And if you missed last week's message, you missed Ellen's Bible maths joke. Now, I'm not going to repeat it here. You can catch up with that online. But I thought she was going to ask us what the first maths problem in the Bible was when God told Adam and Eve to go forth and multiply. But she didn't say that. So I look forward to Ellen's next joke in a couple of weeks' time as we continue the series. And that is now a rule for this series. There must be one awful joke at the start of each message. Well, this week, 
we focus on just one verse, in fact, just one part of one verse from verse 5. For this very reason, make every effort to add to your faith goodness. But what is goodness? Well, presumably it's the opposite of evil. We understand that, don't we? Good and evil. And we know what evil looks like because it's often personified on the silver screen. Voldemort, Darth Vader, Agent Smith, Blofeld, take your pick or choose another. These are some of the faces of evil persons or evil systems. So perhaps good is the opposite. Harry Potter, Luke Skywalker, Neo James Bond. But the trouble is that the good aren't always good, are they? Harry is, no offence to any Harry fans here, he's impulsive, he's moody, at times he's a bit vindictive. Luke, apologies to any Luke fans here, he's at times whiny and bad-tempered and cowardly. Neo is doubting and defiant, and Bond, well, (laughs) despite Her Majesty's association with him, is flawed in one or two ways, shall we say. So thinking about the attributes of good characters in their fight against evil kind of takes us in the right direction, maybe, towards a definition of goodness but it's also to leave us, likely to leave us scratching our heads with more questions and answers. So let's cut to the chase. Let's turn to the dictionary, which says that goodness is the quality of being morally good or virtuous. Or does that help us? Or does anyone like me just feel we're going around in circles here? Good is, goodness is being good. Okay, so what is being good? Well, it's goodness. So that's kind of how I feel with dictionary definitions like that. And anyway, don't we know intuitively what goodness is? Cub Scouts always do their best, think of others before themselves, and anyone? I think I heard a few whispers there. And do a good turn every day. I knew what that meant, because I got a badge for it. In my day, at least, helping elderly people with their shopping or their gardening, although if I helped them with their gardening, they were in (laughs) dire straits, I tell you. But that was what it meant to, to do a good turn. And that possibly is the kind of idea that some of us carry around with us when we think of the word goodness. We think of kind deeds and generous actions. Why does this matter? Well, it matters if you want to live a fruitful Christian life because 2 Peter 1 says we've got to add to our faith goodness. This is the equation for a fruitful life that we're going to be exploring over coming weeks. We've called it holy maths. Peter's saying that if we possess these qualities in increasing measure, in addition to our faith, which is where we start from, these qualities will keep us from being ineffective and unproductive in our knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. So if we want to be fruitful, we need to add some things to our faith. 
the first of which is goodness. But if we don't know what goodness is, how can we add it? So what is it? Well, the Greek word translated goodness, arete, essentially meant excellence. If someone or something achieved their potential or inherent function, they were said to be arete, excellent. So, for example, a knife that cut cleanly might be referred to as an excellent knife. A person who achieved their potential to become a great monarch might be known as an excellent queen. That's what the word means. And three questions follow, therefore, if we want to know how to add goodness, excellence, arete, to our faith. If it is achieving our potential or inherent function, we need to know the answers to these three questions. What is your purpose? What is your potential? And how do you achieve it? If we can answer those, then we have got to the bottom of what goodness is. So firstly, what is your purpose? Whoa, the meaning of life question. What is your purpose? Well, some people answer it with reference to a role. They'll say, my purpose is to be the best mother that I can be. My purpose is to look after the guests who come into the restaurant. My purpose is to be the joker in our social gathering. And we imagine ourselves in a context, a home context, a work context, a social context, and we can answer that question, maybe. But take away your roles. And what is your purpose? If you had no family and no employment and no friends, would you be a person without a purpose? That is the crushing conclusion that some people come to. They stop working, or their children have flown the nest, or their friends have moved on, and they think, I no longer have a purpose in life. But isn't there something that transcends the temporary context in which we find ourselves? Something that exceeds the temporary roles that we play? Well, some people say their purpose is to be happy or to be secure or any number of other things like that. But what if I'm not happy? And what if I'm not secure? Does the mother sheltering her family from the explosions in the street have no purpose? Stephen Covey refers to these temporary states when he writes, when I look back on my life nowadays, what strikes me most forcibly about it is that what seemed at the time most significant and seductive seems now most futile and absurd. For instance, success in all of its various guises, being known and being praised, 
ostensible pleasures like acquiring money or seducing women or travelling, going to and fro in the world and up and down in it like Satan, explaining and experiencing whatever Vanity Fair has to offer. In retrospect, all these exercises in self-gratification seem pure fantasy, what Pascal called licking the earth. So isn't there something that transcends the temporary states we find ourselves in? Well, you won't be surprised to hear me say from the frontier that the Bible's answer is yes. So Isaiah says, Bring my sons from afar and my daughters from the ends of the earth, everyone who is called by my name, whom I created for my glory. Or Paul writing, in him we were chosen in order that we who were the first to put our hope in Christ might be for the praise of his glory. The first question of the Westminster Shorter Catechism is, what is the chief end of man? And the answer given is, man's chief end is to glorify God and enjoy him forever. Well, let's bring those right up to date, right up to the modern day. I've just started reading, reading Pete Gregg's book, How to Hear God, and he writes, We tend not to welcome newborn babies into the world with the words, Behold, a biological fluke born into a meaningless universe. <laughs> no one ever stared up at a murmuration of starlings at dusk or out to sea under a stormy sunset and whispered, Wow, I'm awestruck with my own magnificence. Human beings are hardwired to worship. The Bible says that your primary purpose, the reason for which you were born, is to enjoy a real conversational relationship with an infinitely loving divinity. The late Queen Elizabeth had a temporary role as sovereign and she fulfilled it magnificently. Prime Minister Liz Truss described her as the rock upon which modern Britain was built. She modelled her leadership on Christ, as we've seen already, as all leaders should. Keir Starmer said she didn't just reign over us, she walked with us. Boris Johnson said she incarnated the essence of the nation. She played her role with excellence. But her primary purpose was to enjoy friendship with God and bring him praise. And I believe she did that. That is your primary purpose. To enjoy friendship with God and to bring him praise. So what is your potential? We have a purpose, but do we have the, the potential to achieve that purpose? Well, not everyone has the potential to be an astrophysicist or a Premier League footballer or a master craftsman. Unless a number of things t come together into alignment, your nature, your nurture, your opportunities, there are certain things that are beyond your reach. 
So is that the case with our primary purpose? No. Let me remind you what Peter wrote in his opening verses. His divine power has given us everything we need for a godly life. So we have the potential to achieve our purpose. We have everything we need. That's what Ellen spoke about last week, so I'm not going to spend any more time on it uh, this morning. Go to our website, our resources section, and listen to our talk or to our blog and watch the video. We can achieve our potential. But how? Well, let me just remind you of what I've said so far. To live fruitful lives as believers, we need to add certain qualities to our faith. The first of which Peter gives is goodness, arete. Arete means excellence. It's used to describe someone or something realizing their potential or inherent function. What is your function or purpose? We've said to enjoy friendship with God and bring him praise. What is your potential? We've said we have everything we need to fulfill our potential, to live productive, effective lives, enjoying friendship with God and bringing him praise. So the last question is, how do we achieve that? How do we achieve our purpose? How do we realize our potential? Well, it begins with faith. This is what we learnt last week. Peter is writing to those who, through the righteousness of God and our God and Saviour, Jesus Christ, have received a faith. Then he goes on to write that to live effective and productive lives, we must add to that faith. So it begins with faith. What is faith? Faith is trust expressing itself in action. Do I have faith in this music stand? Do I trust it? Yes, I do. How do I show it? By being willing to rest my notes on it. Do you have faith in the chairs in this building? Do you trust them? Yes, you do. How do you show it? You are sitting on one. So do you have faith in God? Do you trust him as your saviour? The one who rescues you from the consequences of your sins. And as your Lord, the one who has a rightful claim over your life. Do you have faith in God? You will know by your actions. I wonder if there is anyone here this morning who has yet to trust Jesus Christ as their Saviour and Lord. Please, if that's you, do that. Do that today. That is, that is the first and crucial step. But then to our faith, we add goodness, arete. One of the qualities we need in order to achieve that purpose of enjoying friendship with God and bringing him praise. But how? How do we do it? Well, the answer is that as for our conversion, so for our spiritual growth. There's something that God does and there's something that we do. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control, Galatians 5. A list not unlike the list we have in 2 Peter 1. This is God's work to produce in us the fruit of the Spirit. 
But we have something to do too. We must do the adding. Jesus said, let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. Well, how do we show goodness? Well, sometimes we show it in small ways, by small acts that are generous and kind, by being loyal to those to whom we have made a commitment, for example, by being generous. In a programme we were watching last night, Queen Elizabeth said, the cumulative impact of thousands of small acts of goodness can be bigger than we can imagine. We show goodness in small ways. Other times, we show goodness in greater ways. By keeping our promises, even when it hurts. By forgiving people that don't deserve our forgiveness. By giving to those in need, even when it costs us. By loving our enemies. And if some of those things sound hard, then that's good. They should do. Because that's why Peter tells us to make every effort to add to our faith goodness. God is at work in us. He gives us us the, the strength. But this is our work and it is hard work. Work that requires strenuous activity. Make every effort. Faith, good deeds, and then thirdly, by being intentional, about not just what we do, but about how we think. Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent, that's our word, arete, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Author James Allen writes, a noble and godlike character is not a thing of favour or chance, but is the natural result of continued effort, there's that word again, in right thinking, the effect of long-cherished association with godlike thoughts. We've probably all heard this phrase, sow a thought, reap an action, sow an action, reap a habit, sow a habit, reap a character, sow a character, reap a destiny. So we ask ourselves this morning, what thoughts are we sowing? As a summary of what I've said this morning, to live fruitful, productive lives, we need to add to our faith goodness, excellence. What is our function? What is our purpose? To enjoy friendship with God and bring him praise. Do we have the potential? Yes, we have. We have everything we need. So how do we achieve it? Well, it starts with faith to which we add good deeds and good thoughts. Is there anything new this morning? Not particularly. I'm sure you've heard most, if not all, of this before. But let me remind you, as Peter reminded his listeners From verse 12, I will always remind you of these things, even though you know them and are firmly established in the truth you now have. 
this series is not going to be a complicated series to understand, I don't believe. But it may be hard to put into practice. This is a series to remind us why we are here and how we can be the people that God made us to be. Let's pray, shall we? Heavenly Father, we thank you that we have a purpose in life. Thank you that we're not here by chance, making up a reason to live. Lord, if there is faith needed this morning, we pray for that gift of faith. And then we pray for strength to exercise it whether for the first time or the second time or the umpteenth time, to put our trust in you, the living God, our Saviour and our Lord. We thank you, Lord, that you work in us to produce the fruit of the Spirit. Help us, Lord, to work out what you work in, to bring you glory and praise and to enjoy you for the rest of our years on this earth. Amen.